what alopecia has done for me is it's allowed me to be authentic and transparent about my journey. And that vulnerability allows us to know that we're not alone on this journey. And so it's become my mission, not only inside my classroom, but as far as far as I can go to empower others to understand that the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem, that there's so many things in our lives that are out of our control, but what is in our control is our attitude. Welcome back to an all new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. Well, Jamie here. So today, we're tackling a condition that took center stage, literally, at the 2022 Oscars when Will Smith seemingly slapped Chris Rock for cracking a joke about his wife Jada's bald head. The 50-year-old actress has previously been open about her experience with hair loss due to the autoimmune disease alopecia, even posting a video to Instagram discussing her struggle and her decision to shave her head. She wrote, mama's going to have to take it down to the scalp so nobody thinks she got brain surgery or something. Me and this alopecia are going to be friends, period. She went on to say in a video, now at this point, I can only laugh running her finger across a bald line patch across the center of her scalp. But you can see it in her eyes. Excessive hair loss is no laughing matter for Jada, nor this nearly 7 million people in the United States who develop the condition annually. So in this episode, first we'll hear from a woman like Jada who lost all of her hair, eyebrows and eyelashes included, due to alopecia. That woman is outspoken activist McKenna Wrights, who we were lucky enough to spend the weekend with on our trip to Nashville for OTG Live. She's a TEDx speaker, AP psychology teacher, and varsity volleyball coach for the past 17 years in Toledo, Ohio, where she lives with her husband, Greg, and two daughters. Her powerful message has been shared everywhere from (laughs) a Woman's Day magazine. Oh, how'd that happen? To Forbes, US News and World Report, Yahoo News, Good Housekeeping, Mind Body Green, Thrive Global, just to name a few. You will be moved and inspired by her journey, guaranteed. Then we're going to bring on Dr. Helena Kuhn, MD, an assistant professor of dermatology at the Warren Albert Medical School of Brown University, who specializes in hair disorders. She'll explain common causes of hair loss, when to see a doctor, treatment options, prevention, and more. Listen to the show if... You had no clue alopecia was an autoimmune disease that affects nearly 2% of the population, men and women equally, and you want the 411 stat. You're terrified you could develop alopecia and want to know the risk factors, and you're ready to be inspired by an alopecia warrior who has a knack for reframing life's challenges into gifts and opportunities. Okay, so welcome, McKenna. It is so nice to see you again. I'm cheating because I was lucky enough to feature you in Woman's Day, so I know your story. But please bring our listeners back to late 2015 when your once shiny long hair started falling out in clumps. Wow. First of all, thank you so much for having me. You know, being in Nashville and meeting you three was just such an honor. And now being on here to be able to share my story is just a special opportunity. In May of 2015 is when we had our second youngest daughter. And Starting in August, when you know stress starts to happen, especially as a teacher and a varsity volleyball coach and just motherhood, 
I started to notice some, you know, hair shedding and I thought it was just postpartum hair shed. I thought it was just due to hormonal imbalances. And I went to a dermatologist and they said, it could be alopecia and you could lose all your hair. Kind of just talking through something and just kind of went on. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> there's a chance that I could lose my hair when I have been known since I was five years old for my hair. Long, thick, beautiful, brown, wavy hair. And I'm like, there's no, it was just, you know, a way of not thinking that anything could ever happen. Well, uh, you know, I did topical creams and women's Rogaine and trying just to kind of slow down the process. And then when season ended, we took family pictures for Christmas and beginning of November. And I remember looking at those pictures and like, wow, my hair is substantially thinner. And by the end of the week, I was standing in the shower with my hands full of hair in complete disbelief, like not knowing that this, I, it was the worst nightmare. And within three weeks, 90% of my hair was gone. It's, it's almost indescribable because it happened so quickly. But in the moment, you wanted time to slow down. You didn't know what was going on. But in hindsight, I'm really happy that the Band-Aid was ripped off quickly just to get me through that experience to be able to continue moving on in the process. Is that normal for it to go so quickly? No, it, it's, it could be quick like that. It could be years so, you know, there's some people that lose patches and then it grows back. It could be complete head loss. It could be, you know, just bald spots, you know, sporadic bald spots. It affects everyone differently. And that's the biggest thing is that when it was happening to me, there was no answers. And especially as women, we want to solve a problem. We want to know why is this happening? And they didn't have answers. They just said it's an autoimmune disease that attacks your hair follicles and causes it to fall out. There is nothing physically wrong with me, but I felt like there had to be to give me an explanation for my hair to fall out. And thankfully, there is nothing wrong physically with me. So can you walk us all through what it took to get that diagnosis? Because we've interviewed a lot of autoimmune specialists on our show. And I believe Dr. Natalie Azar told us it takes an average of five to 10 years to get an autoimmune diagnosis. And obviously you got yours quicker, <laughs> but what was the process? Like how many experts did you need to see? Like, did you try a lot of preventative measures? Did at any point anybody minimize what was happening to you and say like, oh, it's postpartum. I feel like women always get blown off in postpartum. Shockingly, no one said it was postpartum. They immediately went to alopecia. But now what I have seen with a lot of research is that when you have one autoimmune disease, you have multiple. And I have hypothyroidism. I've had it since birth. It came down my maternal line of my mother and my grandmother. I'm anemic. So you kind of had the perfect storm coming and then just had a hormonal imbalance and lots of stress on the body. Now I went to a dermatologist and I also had a mother with a scientific mindset who said, we will solve this. Like we will, you know, get to the bottom of this. And so I went to a dermatologist and we did also steroid injections into my scalp. And it wasn't slowing down. And they said, okay, I live close to University of Michigan, which is a very high profile, well-known medical hospital. And, you know, they said, we're going to try and get you in there. I get a phone call. I got in the middle of class. I run out into the hallway and they said, my insurance is going to cover it. And I felt the biggest relief because I felt that that was going to be it. They are going to solve my problems. They're going to get my hair back and that's going to be it. I got there and basically it was the worst experience of my life. They said, there's nothing we can do. And that's it. That was it. I mean, there, there wasn't any, 
butterflies or flowers or anything. It was just, there's nothing we can do. Like, okay. And you were losing like eyelashes, eyebrows, leg hair. I mean, all the hair on your body. Yes. So there are three different types of alopecia. There's alopecia areata is what, what Jada Pickett Smith has right now. So in meaning she could have that for the rest of her life. It starts where alopecia areata is just a sporadic bald spots. Alopecia totalis is complete hair loss on your head. And then universalis is complete hair loss on your entire body. So my hair went first on my head. And then within six months, I noticed my eyebrows becoming really thin and I started coloring them in a little bit. So I don't know exactly when they all went. And then my eyelashes started going. And so I started with the individual eyelash and kept trying to put those on and then they were gone. And it took every hair in my body. At the time, terrible. Now, amazing because I don't have to shave anymore. Like it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) No ingrown hairs for you. Right? There's a, a silver lining. Yep. So let me ask you a question. Once you were diagnosed, what was it like to begin to appear in public without a hat or a head covering or a wig for the first time? Like I've heard you share that people assume you're a cancer patient. So how did you navigate public life and really find the strength to embrace your new normal? Uh, It took me years. It honestly did. I went four years wearing a wig and wearing a hat. It took me a long time just to find a hat. So when I wasn't working, I was always in a hat, in an Under Armour hat that was fitted. It made me feel comfortable. And I felt like I could just go live life, not enjoy it, just live life. Like I used to go to bed for the first year, waiting for the lights to be out. And then I would finally take my hat off and go to sleep because I couldn't even handle my own reflection. And then when I finally accepted a little bit that alopecia was, then I went and got a wig. And whenever I went to the grocery store, whenever I wore a hat, you could see the baldness around. And that's when people would ask me. And I was at the grocery store this morning and a woman came up to me and said, I love your haircut. And that was the first time someone said, I love your haircut rather than are you going through treatment? Can I pray for you? And what I've learned is that majority of the people that come up to me are also women who have beaten cancer. And so I was able within that first year and a a year and a half, I was able to, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, this person thinks I'm dying, allowing it to be an opportunity for me to spread awareness for this autoimmune disease that not many people know about. So I get to be empowered by these amazing women who have overcome the biggest battle of their life. And I get to also bring awareness. And so that just totally switched my mindset. But it wasn't until... About 2019, so four years after losing all my hair, um, this was probably the most incredible story. We were at a family event. I get into the car. I rip my wig off because it's summer. It's hot. It's itchy. It's uncomfortable. And my three-year-old, who was four months when I lost all my hair, who has never known me with hair, says to me, Mom, I can't wait to be an adult and take my hair off too. Oh, I knew that story. And that moment was the most humbling moment of my life because I've been here, I'm hiding. I'm hiding myself. I'm hiding who I am and my true self and allowing alopecia to define me. And she's like, mom is the coolest person because she gets to take her hair off. Like I get to do that too when I get older. And, you know, alopecia can be genetic. And I am worried and was worried that what if it happens to my daughters? What if they lose their hair too? I need them to know that their mom fought and became stronger because of alopecia. And so can they. And that was kind of the beginning 
I say the beginning of the beginning for me, the beginning of being able to not only embrace, but feel empowered because of alopecia for what God has given me and opened my eyes to so much more in this world that I was so shut off to beforehand. And so you have to get through this grace period. You, it, it takes time. I had prayed that I'd wake up and this, I'm kidding, not kidding you. When you bring up the Oscars, either one, I grew all my hair back or two in the beginning of my journey that I could wake up, shave my head and look like GI Jane. Now people are talking about it being controversial, but if someone called me a GI Jane in the beginning, I would have crumbled because I wasn't mentally there to be able to accept that. Now, if someone calls me GI Jane, that is the biggest compliment of my life. Because if you've never seen that movie, you're missing out because Demi Moore is a badass in that movie. <laughs> um, sure. And so it just, it takes time. She, you know, she is, and it, it just takes time. And that's regardless of what you're going through, everyone's going through something. It takes time. Well, I think that you are such an this amazing example of making your mess your message, and you've really touched upon it with what you've just said. But I mean, just spell it out for us. What are some of the other ways that this adversity has positively affected you? Tell us about your speaking career and some of the things it's empowered you to take a, a stand for. Yeah, when I grew up, my mom was a teacher. I was empowered, inspired by my fourth grade teacher and said to myself, I always want to be a teacher. Like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to coach varsity volleyball. I'm going to live the happy-go-lucky life. And, you know, by 33, I'd already hit all of my milestones. I, you know, had my master's degree, the perfect job, the family, everything. And I remember saying to myself, now what? What's next? And little did I know I'd lose my hair, but I feel like alopecia didn't give me a purpose. I feel like my purpose has always been there. It was just God's way of saying, you're not going to see your purpose. I'm going to make sure you see that purpose. And what alopecia has done for me is it's allowed me to be authentic and transparent about my journey. And that vulnerability allows us to know that we're not alone on this journey. And so it's become my mission, not only inside my classroom, but as far as far as I can go to empower others to understand that the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem, that there's so many things in our lives that are out of our control, but what is in our control is our attitude. And so it's taken me to stages. It's taken me to Women's Day magazine. It's taken me to the You Beautiful Women of being able to share my story of resilience and being relentless in life and empowering others to continue fighting their battles every single day. Amen, sister. Right. I mean, I, I, I really like, I've never had good hair. I'm not friends with my hair, but when I've lost clumps of hair during post-pregnancy and stuff, I find it is, it is incredibly emotional because it's something you can't control and it's your body kind of retaliating. And I'm somebody with autoimmune disease too, with celiac and whatnot. So I just commend you because, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to deal with. And you've been incredibly inspired. It's, it's not. And we are subconsciously have told ourselves, especially as women, that our hair is our identity. <laughs> no one has specifically told us your hair is your identity and this is how you must act and you must feel and you must be. But what we need to understand that no physicality, not even our hair identifies us. It is our character and how we treat others in this world that defines who we are. You know what? I think I... We- we need a bald Disney princess. Mm. That's what we need. I couldn't like, agree more. Right? Like, I think that that would... All right. Let's love Disney. I'm actually surprised we don't have one yet. Right? 
Hmm. Who's getting on that? I that I I might I might campaign. <laughs> yep. So McKenna, you know that our final yes. question to all of our amazing, inspiring guests, you today, yay, huh? Is the last yeah. segment is called Meg's Karma Call. Doesn't she say it so awesome? So anyway, karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask that you give our listeners one small action that will yield a large result. They can try for a week or two. Go all in. If getting out of bed and moving to the couch is your all in for that day, do it. Because that is going to allow you to move from the couch to the kitchen to outside, whatever it may be. Your all in is someone's is different from someone else's all in. And I want you to be committed to yourself. And when you commit to yourself and believe in yourself, the world is your oyster and the possibilities are endless. Absolutely beautiful. I knew you'd have a good one. Well, McKenna, we love you. Thank you. Before we let you go, can you let all of our listeners know where they can find you on the gram? Absolutely. You can find me at, at McKenna Writes. You can go to McKennaWrites.com. I'd love to connect and you know hear about your stories as we empower one another. We adore you. Thank you for sharing your story with us and with our listeners. And next up, we're going to welcome in Dr. Kuhn. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kuhn. So Jamie had to jump off to go to a party at her son's school, hashtag mom life, right? But we just heard the emotional story of a woman suffering from alopecia. And we're excited to have you join us now to share the science behind hair loss and shed, no pun intended, some light on some common hair loss myths. So we couldn't think of a more perfect expert. You are a board-certified dermatologist and an assistant professor of dermatology at Brown University School of Medicine, practicing general cosmetic and surgical dermatology with a special interest in hair disorders. You're also the director of the Hair Health Clinic at Brown Dermatology, where you care for patients and conduct hair-related research and clinical trials. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for talking about hair. Uh, I, I could talk about hair all day, frankly, because I my my hair and I aren't friends. But let's, <laughs> let's do this, Megan. It starts in the mind. Become right? friends with your hair in the mind. <laughs> so, can you just break it down for us? What exactly separates something like alopecia from so-called normal hair loss? Yes, great question. I talk about this all the time with my patients. Alopecia is just sort of a general word for hair loss. And so the important part is knowing what type of alopecia you have. When we hear alopecia sort of in the lay media, they're usually referring to alopecia areata, which is an immune type of hair loss. It's an autoimmune disease. But there are other types of hair loss disorders, alopecia, that aren't autoimmune and really have, we have better names and better diagnoses than using the word alopecia. So alopecia, not a diagnosis. It's sort of like saying, cancer. What type of cancer do I have? Alopecia, what type of alopecia do I have? If that makes sense. Right. And our guest earlier, McKenna, talked about, I think it was three different kinds of alopecia. Can you list those out for us? Are there three main ones? Yeah. So, you know, if if you ask hair nerds like me, I'll probably tell you there's about 10 or, or 15 different types of hair disorders that I take care of. But our primary autoimmune hair loss disorder is alopecia areata, which unfortunately McKenna has. There's then pattern hair loss. So just like men thin, male pattern hair loss, women also have pattern thinning, age-related thinning. Then there's also shedding. 
Shedding is a, a huge topic in and of itself. The fancy word is telogen effluvium. So if you're doing Googling or some research, you may come across that term. That's our general word for shedding. Let's say that five times fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we love our, our complicated words. And then we have some types of inflammatory alopecia that I deal with as well. Things called frontal fibrosing alopecia, like in Plano pilaris. There are some style-related hair alopecias too. That sounds really complicated and complex, especially that one term that I could never pronounce. I mean, it's. I, I feel like my stepfather had a form of cancer that no one could pronounce. And I'm like, if you have the thing that no one can pronounce... It's got to be extra challenging. All right. So before we get into the nitty gritty, can you please debunk some of these common hair loss myths for us? So let's do like a rapid fire. I'll say a myth and you say true or false. Sound good? Perfect. Okay. First one. Hair loss is determined by the maternal grandfather. True or false? False. We don't know enough about the genetics of hair loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old wives tale. So more to come on that. We don't really have a good answer. Blowing my mind. Okay. (laughs) Number two, hair loss isn't common in women. True or false? False hair loss is unfortunately very common in women. Right. And we're learning that more. So weird that it's such a big misconception. Yeah. So number three, wearing hats regularly causes baldness. True or false? And can I add top knots, top knots, hats and top knots? That's a, that's a great question. So hats, no. Top knots can sometimes pull along the frontal hairline if it is the only style that you wear and if it's extremely tight. If you're mixing it up, it's okay. Oh my God. As we all touch our hair. <laughs> I know. Max, every time I get my hair cut, the people are like, why is it there breakage right here? Like right at the top knot line. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's so crazy. Wait, so Dr. Kuhn, does that also apply to headbands? Because I stopped wearing a headband in the gym because I felt like I was having a lot of breakage along my like, so, yes. you know, forehead hairline. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's just the pressure and the pulling. Unfortunately, the, the follicles here hold a lot of pressure. And after a while, they just get weak. Okay. So baldness is not caused by hats, but hair breakage is caused by elastic. Yes. Elastic tension. Yes. Yes. Stress on the hair follicle. Speaking of stress, stress has nothing to do with hair thinning and baldness. True or false? False. Stress, unfortunately, definitely plays a role. It's a different amount for everyone, but especially in women, it contributes. Of course, especially women. Okay, last one of this round. Female hair loss signifies high levels of testosterone. True or false? False. Great question. It's the first thing I always try to go over with my patients is that most people, even if you have hair loss, your testosterone, your androgen hormones are going to be totally normal. 99% of people. There's the rare off where you may actually have elevated testosterone or androgen, but 99% of the time it's more a genetic sensitivity to the androgen as opposed to an actual high level itself. Interesting. Okay. So we know that now alopecia, official alopecia is an autoimmune disease. Heidi and I both have autoimmune diseases. So this makes me extra anxious right now. But if you have something like celiac or lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, et cetera, are you at higher risk for also developing alopecia? Yeah, you're you're at higher risk for developing alopecia areata, definitely. We think in people with autoimmune disease, maybe it's, I know, a a 6 to 10% chance. We see them cluster, especially in people with thyroid disease, vitiligo, rheumatoid arthritis, like you were talking about. But 
autoimmune disease can also drive just some general thinning, which is not autoimmune in pathophysiology, but definitely can drive some widespread thinning just from having higher degrees of inflammation in the body. Interesting. Makes sense. Okay, so then yeah. keeping inflammation down is a preventative measure then. In general, yes. for all of us who are absolutely freaked out about losing our hair, what are some preventative measures we can take? What are some things we can do to prevent alopecia, general hair loss, et cetera? Yes, yes. So obviously, like everyone says, stress management, easier said than done, right? We're all working on it. It's a constant struggle for us all. Keeping things like vitamins and supplements in normal range. So in particular, vitamin D, your thyroid, and then also iron and anemia. So those are big three that can really drive hair thinning. You know, good hair care, so not washing it too much, but not wash. Wait, I'm, I'm low in D too. That's so interesting. Yeah, there, there are some new good, you know, there are association studies, meaning when we look at vitamin D and people with all different types of hair loss, most have low vitamin D. So we don't know if it's causative, but it definitely has been shown to help improve regrowth and prevent hair loss. So, but what about supplements like collagen supplements and things like that? Does that do anything like yes. adding supplements versus having deficiencies? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it was a great question. The verdict is still out on collagen supplements for hair, even for skin, honestly. We don't know how well they integrate and how well we actually use them. I have a ton of patients taking them right now, and it's just time for, you know, I just need time to see if they actually work. They probably don't hurt. One thing that people take a lot of for hair loss is biotin, which I I just want to dispel a couple myths. Biotin can be helpful if your hair is breaking or it's brittle or if the hair quality is poor, but it doesn't help growth or shedding. And it can actually cause some thyroid abnormalities that make hair loss worse. So I always tell people to be cautious with biotin. It's in a lot of the hair, skin, and nails vitamins. The max you want to take is 5,000 micrograms a day, even if you want to add it. But a lot of times the commercially available ones are 10,000 and those can, can mess with your thyroid and actually drive hair shedding. So I always tell women, especially to be careful with those. What about a supplement like Viviscal? Like once in a while, I'll go on a kick and I'll like pick up some Viviscal and take that for quite a bit. And to be honest, I'm not even 100% sure what's in it. Yeah. So Viviscal has has a lot of good data behind it, actually. It actually has, it is a collagen derived. It's collagen from shark, actually. So some people don't like to take it because of that reason. Yeah. It also has some antioxidants in it. Some of it has soft palmetto in it. So there's actually some really good data and I've seen very good results from the Viviscal. So that's definitely a legitimate supplement to use. It does not have biotin in it as, as far as I remember, at least the formulations that I have people use. So that can actually be very helpful. The sort of the hair, skin, and nails often just have biotin in them. So speaking of all this data that you were just talking about, you are doing some incredible research in the field. So can you tell us about a new class of medication that's having some pretty great results in clinical trials? Yes. So the only clinical trials that we, the only disorder I should say we have good clinical trials for right now is alopecia areata. And that is wonderful because the disease is so devastating and so undertreated. And we have a new class of medications called JAK inhibitors. They've been used for autoimmune disease for the past probably about 10 years, rheumatoid arthritis, some of our psoriatic arthritis. The original is called Zeljans or Tofacitinib. And it was noted just, just randomly in a patient who was treated for another issue to regrow hair. And we now have a series of clinical trials with those different types of medication. The early results are fabulous. So really in the next few years, we should have actually an FDA approved medication for alopecia areata, which is unbelievable. So 
very exciting. We have a few here at Brown. If anyone is listening and interested, we always love to work with our alopecia areata patients. So would that be applicable to like my husband who's really hunky and bald? Like would this kind of like if it's not tech, I mean, he has, I guess, what would be considered male typical baldness, not necessarily alopecia arealis because he has Mm -hmm. his eyebrows and the rest of his body hair. But like, is this something that would also be applicable to men, perhaps, who wanted to regrow hair? Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't work in other types of hair loss at all thus far. So even men who like go fully bald from male pattern loss, it doesn't work well. We have some new sort of injectables and biologics on the horizon, but we're probably really five or 10 years away from them working well. You may have heard of something called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. That's sort of one of the newer biologics that we have available. And what that is, is you actually take the patient's own blood, you spin the blood down, take out some of the cells, and then you re-inject the plasma and some of the growth factors that are in the plasma to stimulate hair growth. It's the same stuff that's in like the vampire facials, but people with pattern hair loss, that can work very well. So it's the beginning really of of exciting developments in, in hair regeneration. So before we let you go, I'm a person who colors my hair and often gets panicked that I'm shedding or losing hair and I'll Amazon some Rogaine. If you are a person who colors your hair, which is probably, you know, a good percentage of our listeners, is there anything you could be doing on that end? Great question. We, there's no good evidence that hair coloring promotes hair loss or promotes hair thinning, unless the hair is really damaged and it's, it's irritating the follicle, you're getting breakage. In that case, you know, you want to be careful with coloring. Hairstylists do a very good job generally of managing this, but there are good hair masks. There are good treatments you can do to help protect the hair follicle while you're getting colored. But in general, I don't want people to be nervous about coloring because it's really not promoting too much hair loss. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So for overall hair health to prevent hair damage, Megs, should we go to our last thing, which yes. is called Karmacol? So I make Megan say it because she's so enthusiastic, but karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So what is one small actionable item that our listeners could try out for a little bit of time that would yield a large result? It could be related to hair or not. Up to you. I would say actually to get your, your vitamin D, your iron and your thyroid checked if you're worried about hair loss um, and to make sure those things are, are in good shape. Love it. Vitamin D, iron. Was there anything else? That's a good take. I honestly, I'm about to, I've been, I'm lazy with my vitamin D supplement and I'm about to go take it after this show because that was a good heads up. Thank you so much for joining us. Please keep up the research. We highly appreciate it. And everybody, please, uh, you know, rate us, review us, consume us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and have a nice day. 